good morning, good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of this recording. This is episode 65 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with my usual co-host today, Kyrie. Introduce yourself, man. Yo, yo, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, we back in here. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping back in. Yes, sir. Johnny. And we got Lodge back in the building, man. What's up, everybody? All right. We're back in business, man. Today we're talking basketball. We're talking about the future of uh, the basketball world. You know, as you guys know, on Thursday, the NBA draft was held. We saw 58 individual players uh, get their name called and get a chance to live their dream. They always uh, worked hard in their backyard, all the nights in the gym, making sacrifices and seeing their dreams be able to come true is always a thrilling thing as a sports fan. So, But today we're going to talk about the NBA draft and we're going to talk about some of the selections that were made and give our thoughts and opinions and a, a grade overall on the selection that was made. So we're going to separate this uh, episode into two parts. This episode will be the Western Conference, and the next episode we'll talk about the Eastern Conference. So with that being said, we're going to start division by division. So we're going to start in the Western Conference, as I said before, in the Northwest Division. We're going to start with the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz did not have a draft pick in this NBA draft, uh, unfortunately. Uh, they could have grabbed somebody, you know, with all the drama that's going on between, you know, Rudy Goldberg and his future, what it looks like, and the coaching staff. But the Utah Jazz didn't have a draft selection. But we're going to slide right over to Denver. The Denver Nuggets made some draft selections. And I just want to get you guys' thoughts on some of the guys that they had drafted. I mean, listen, they drafted some nice pieces, in my opinion. Uh, Well, let me – could I say nice? Let's just say they're projects. Uh, they're definitely projects. I mean, Christian Brown from Kansas, he's a project. Peyton Watson, they had him going in the second round. Um, I thought he might have had a chance in the first round had he go to the combine, did workouts. He didn't do either either or. So teams were really just banking on him at this point. But I feel like, Kyrie, I'm swinging it to you first. Peyton Watson and the Nuggets getting them, I feel like it's kind of a MPJ situation, but do you believe in Peyton Watson's talent? you think he's a steal for the Denver Nuggets at the, at the last pick in the first round? Uh, I think it's – I think the MPJ comparison is pretty accurate. I mean, Peyton Watson was a five star coming out of high school, and you, we watched him. I mean, he was he was the real deal. But going to the UCLA, he was he was on a stacked squad that just had a big uh, NCAA tournament run. I mean, they had Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, Jules Bernard, uh, Hami Hakez. I mean, they had a lot of guys that he just couldn't really find playing time with, and. uh yeah, it, it was. It seemed like a stretch to me as well. I mean, it was even. It was a surprise to me that he even entered his name to, in the draft. I think he averaged like three points, a few rebounds a game, and um, that's not nothing. That's not a knock against him, but I just felt like he would have went back to kind of showed what he had more to kind of tap into what he showed that what he could do in high school as a smooth scorer and as a, as a smooth finisher at the basket. So well, yeah, that it definitely was a surprising pick to me. But I saw a lot of were watching if he if he got picked. Um, in the in the first round, and by by a team like Denver, he definitely showed them something in workouts. So, uh, it's a reach, but it's a reach that I trust because it's the Denver Nuggets. And uh, again, from what I've seen from Peyton Watson in the 
uh, in the past, I think he could kind of get back to that with a team like this. But to go to move on to their uh, to their first pick before that, twenty one Christian Brown. Um, I actually have him as one of my steals of the draft, Colin. I love Christian Brown watching him at Kansas. I tapped him uh, into him last year, and mm-hmm. um, just the year, just the jump that he made from his junior season. Uh, his, I'm sorry, his sophomore season to his junior season as a scorer and as a shooter. Uh, you can you can see it was proof in the pudding. It uh it resulted in a, in a NCAA championship, and uh, he was a huge part of that. He does have to work on his, his I guess his his shot creation ability and his handle, his live his uh his live his live action handle. Uh, once he kind of fine tunes that and he's able to create his own shot, I definitely feel like he could be a secret weapon of the Denver Nugget. But for right now, since he doesn't really have to handle a lot of that playmaker responsibility. Since you, you got Jokic, you got Murray coming back, you got uh, Aaron Gordon, who's a pretty good passer, Bowling Highland, he's Monty Morris. I mean, Christian Brown is a great cutter, and he's a guy that's, that's able to score off the ball. So I feel like he's going to be thrown in there. Um, he, Well, not thrown in there. He's going to be eased in there, kind of like how Bowling Highland was last year. And um, I think he can make an impact coming off of that bench with him. I, I think that was a great pick. Okay, that's pretty – you know, uh, your analysis kind of aligned with what I thought about Christian Brown. You know, he's a guy – Nuggets aren't expecting too much out of him because they already have a good core. I mean, you got a great one-two, and MPJ, if you factor in, uh, fine. But, you know, he, he's never really healthy, so you're he, he kind of gambling with MPJ. But when he played, he showed he was that guy. The Nuggets do have a potential big three there. It's just all about being healthy. Jokic, two-time MVP, Jamal Murray, one of the best young guards in the league. Then you got MPJ. They got the, the potential big three, all drafted by them. So, you know, it could be a dynasty with the Nuggets if everyone remains healthy. Johnny, I want to swing it to you. Uh, give me your thoughts on uh, the Denver Nuggets picks. I mean, Peyton Watson to me felt like he was a mystery, but I feel like he could be a steal. Kamigate from France, I think he's a big project. He's probably not going to probably spend time between the G League. And, and Christian Brown is the only one I could see actually fighting for some minutes. So what do you think? Yeah, I actually agree with the aforementioned comment of um, Watson. He's like a bit more of a gamble for me as well. Um, But he was, like you said, he was a top uh, recruit out of high school. So, I mean, there's something there to work with, but um, Christian Brown, I I agree with you guys, man. He's he's very intriguing to me. Um, like the Nuggets, they zeroed in on him, and they 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 really wanted him, but they needed wing help, like very badly, like very very badly. And I think he can step in and just like I think he can step in and hit the ground running. Not necessarily hit the ground running, but I think he can definitely contribute. Very fast. Um, like he's a good athlete. Um, he he should be able to defend and knock down three pointers like at a decent, uh, ratio. Um, he enjoyed a productive career at Kansas, but the thing that stood out to me, guys, was like his rebounding and his and his assists. Like he had like uh, I think his, uh, what sophomore year, I think 155 boards, 57 dimes. I have the um clutch point stats. In his junior year, 261 boards and over 100 assists. I mean, I'm sorry, that was his senior year. So that, so those stats before was his junior year. But, um, yeah, scouts aren't sure how high his ceiling was, but I really like him, especially working with Jokic. He's a spot up shooter and he's really, he can occasionally hit off the dribble, but he's good at catching shoot situations. And I think he could really like help out Jokic in that offense right away. I do agree with Christian Braun. He's very intriguing to me. 
Okay, and, and you know, and like I said, I think out of those three guys they drafted, I think he's the one that could get the most minutes. Hey, Peyton Watson could surprise us, and you know, like Tyree said, I mean, everyone had him going the second round, so you know, for the Nuggets to pick him, because the Nuggets have a good uh, draft history. I mean, you guys wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, they've drafted some. I mean, going back to Melo, obviously they're probably they're not even. Kyrie, actually, it's kind of a little bit off topic, but I want to ask you guys a Nuggets fan. Would you consider Melo as the Nuggets' best draft pick or Jokic? Or do you feel like we need to give Jokic some more time? I mean, man, I really wasn't prepared to have that debate tonight, bro. I really didn't. <laughs> No, I mean, you just, can't really, you can't crossed, really, you know, because you know Melo's my guy. Melo's it just my crossed, it literally, it literally but at, the time, at the same time, you can't dispute the fact Jokic brought home two MVPs in a, in a Nuggets. Yeah, just say Jokic, He brought them to the Western Conference, like Melo did. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, not to mention you got him in the second round. Exactly. I think like pick forty six or something like that. Forty six. Like, forty six. Talk, talk about a, uh, turning a second round pick like that from overseas to a two time MVP and, and the best in the best in the best big man in the league. I mean, it's yeah. Gotcha. It just came to my mind. Literally, it's like a flash. You're like, wow. Let me just throw that out there. Okay. But moving on with that, we got a little distracted. We move on to the next team inside the Northwest Division. Let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. I mean, listen, the Wolves, to me, oh, we didn't give a grade for the Nuggets. What grade would you guys give them, Kyrie? I'm going to swing it to you first. What grade do you give the Nuggets for the draft selection? Uh, I get number B plus. B plus? Uh, all right. Johnny, you, what's, what's the ballpark for you in terms of the grade? I'm going to say B minus just because I don't know – it's. I, I'm gonna say B minus. You rock one B minus. Okay, Lodge, talk to me. What what grade are we giving the Nuggets for the draft selection? I'll give them a B minus. A B minus. Okay, okay. So we're gonna slide to Minnesota. You know, it's cold in Minnesota. Listen, Walker Kessler. As a Kentucky fan, we played against this guy. I know this guy's skill. A lot of. A lot of attention was flowing to Jabari Smith, which I rightfully so, but I feel like Walker Kessler absolutely played a huge part in Auburn's, you know, great season, even though they fell short because of point guard play. But I feel like Walker Kessler, you pair him up or have him as a backup for Aunt Carl and Towns, and I feel like he could step in and handle his own. I mean, seven feet, his wingspan is ridiculous. He's slow-footed, but he could get his jump up. I feel like this was a great selection for them to get Walker Kessler at 21. And then Wendell Moore from Duke, I mean, he doesn't have an excellent skill that you can say, okay, that's his best skill, but he just does everything right. You know, he he does everything right, and he's just one of those glue guys. Uh, But he's efficient. So, I mean, Kyrie, just give me your thoughts on the Minnesota Timberwolves draft selection. I mean, when you think of the Minnesota Timberwolves, the first thing that I felt like they needed was defense, and you definitely got that at Walker Kessler. I mean, he's a he's a legitimate seven footer, and he's not a stiff either, Colin. I mean, he you mentioned that he's a little slow on his feet, but he has he has the the agility, I would say, and the ability to switch his hips and to kind of 
hawk down guards that blow by him or, or wing that might blow by him. He has that reach where he's still able to recover. He can still come up with a, with a block shot or, or a heavily contested shot. So I definitely, uh, that, that was probably my favorite pick by the, uh, by the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. They also went with, uh, want to say his, looking for his name right now. My bad. Wendell Moore. Kendall Brown from uh from Baylor. Oh, okay. My bad. I had, I had a brain fart. It was Kendall Brown from Baylor. I definitely okay. felt like he he brings a defensive tenacity to that uh to the wings as well. He's not much of a scorer right now, but uh I definitely feel like he's somebody that can earn playing time because they they they're derived of defense and we've seen that it, despite them making the uh them uh, winning the play and making the and, and making the playoffs. They still lack. They still were very undisciplined defensively, and uh, they, they just lack a lot on those wings. I felt like grabbing those two guys really helped. All right, and I don't disagree with your analysis on both of those guys, John. Well, first of all, um, um, those are. I ain't gonna lie, that guy, that kid from Baylor, that's an excellent name job. I actually forgot about him. Um. But this um Minnesota was very they were they were kinda interesting on draft night. Um before like well first of all, my favorite pick before I get into that is Wendell Moore. Um I think he's got all the tools necessary. He might be a little bit slow when it comes to playing on you know, against quicker teams, but I, I think he's he he's he's long, strong, he understands angles defensively, like he plays good without the ball and like he he's he he's not bad. He can move without the ball, he's a good cutter. I could see him contributing, but Minnesota, like they were very interesting. Um, they passed up, they they moved around, they moved, they moved like um, they were involved in like four different trades. I forget the details of it, but two in each round, and they walked away with four players, and those and like three of them were projected to be like with the T Wolves right away, but they traded back, and um, they still ended up getting the guys that they wanted to get because some scouts had them projected at nineteen, even if the Wolves didn't do what they did, so. I think that was a good front office move. Um, low key, like Timberwolves, they just trusted their research and they ended up getting the two players, top players that they wanted and, uh, Walker Kessler and Wendell Moore. But I, I'm particularly fond of Wendell Moore in this uh, particular, uh, pick. Okay. It sounds like a lot of, uh, good reviews on the Minnesota Timberwolves draft selections. Lodge, I'm going to swing it to you. Give me your thoughts on their draft selections. I just pretty much want to say I feel like considering what they were given in their selection, I think they probably had the best case scenario. I feel like they got their options and still came up with more. Just turn your audio up a little bit more, Lodge. You can hear me? I hear you now. My bad. No, I was saying I, I believe considering what the Timberwolves did, the selections they had and the way they were able to make moves and still add extra players onto that, I feel like they ended up going uh, going out with the best case scenario and walking through Wendell Moore and. Wendell Moore, I feel like he'll be in up like a key future piece alongside Anthony Edwards, kind of similar to how Dylan Brooks is with John Morant. Maybe not too much offensively, but sure defensively. Um, yeah, and I think for my, I'm gonna just start on my grade first, and I'll give them an A plus A, just a flat A. All right, okay. Uh, Kyrie, give me your, give me a grade for the the Timberwolves draft selection. Yeah, I want to give the Timberwolves an A too. Um, I do want to mention that I made a mistake. Uh, I, I did forget to mention Wendell Moore. Uh, 
I got confused looking at one of the one of the drafts. Uh, yeah, I was like, where did Kendall? Yeah, was- that's my fault, bro. But that's my fault. I thought he went to Dallas. I but, had to look at uh, the yeah, draft. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that's my fault. But uh, I definitely think one more does really help us. Uh, really help as well. Um, given his two his uh, his two way ability, his ability to make plays and transition. Um, I think he fits in well with uh, with Minnesota off the rip. And uh, again, I really I, I love Walker Kessler. I mean, uh. Uh, yeah, so I, I give them my A. Johnny, talk to me. What what, what grade are you giving them? I'm I'm actually going to give them an A minus. I'm very impressed with this front office move, guys. They traded back and they gave up on players like EJ Liddell and other players of that nature who were projected to be more talented, but they stuck to their guns. And um, I think they're confident in their future. Like that's that's a very ballsy move by the front office, low key. And I'm going to give them an A minus on that. All right, eight minus all across. All right, it seems like the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, have a bright future ahead of them. So we move on to the next team, the Northwest Division, and man, Portland. Woof! They picked up a guy. I got mixed feelings on him, especially after I heard his comments that he made a decision not to play for us. I don't know how to feel about him, you know. I don't know if he's really a wildcat, but they announced. Yeah, Kyle, we, I, I feel like we got to get your opinion first on, on on this on this one right here, man. Oh man, so you know, listen. If he wasn't getting a top ten guarantee, he wouldn't he wouldn't enter the draft. So clearly, he got that guarantee. It was I think it was reported maybe that Portland at the time. Uh, could have been a team that guaranteed Shaden Sharp. Um, it wasn't necessarily clear, but, you know, someone broke it up on Twitter. And uh, Portland decided to take this guy. And listen, 6'6", six, 7-foot six, wingspan, 49-inch vertical, could score on all three levels, supremely athletic. When you look at his makeup, it, it's hard for you not to get excited about what he could do. That's why I was really hoping he'd come back to Kentucky because with him, it's like we're national champions, but clearly the NBA was more tempting and, and obviously so. He had a workout with the Trailblazers and it was reported that Damian Lillard was at the workout and he, he liked it. He's really impressed. So obviously they're going to run through Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard put his, you know, his fingerprint and if, you know, if he's vouching for the guy, then it means something. So, cause they're not going to make a decision without Damian Lillard. So with that being said, I think Shaden has all the tools to be one of the best guards in the next six, seven years. You know, like, just look at the physical profile I just described. I mean, you know, with that type of physical makeup and his athletically gifted and he's talented, yeah, the work ethic just has to match that, which it hasn't really been an issue. Never really came up in reports that it was always, a, it was an issue on his work ethic. So it seems like, the, you know, he just comes in and does his job. And hey, Damian Lillard, Shaden Sharp, you got Grant. They traded from um, from the Pistons. Uh, they got a nice core. Uh, they got a nice Portland could make some noise in, in the playoffs. Championship? I don't really know. Also, Christian Wood forgot. A, no, Christian Wood is on the Mavs. I apologize, but yeah, yeah, a good roster. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I gotta agree with you, Colin. Um, I think Portland going with Theta Sharp at number seven was uh I think it was it was I think it was kind of expected. 
like you mentioned, but I think I also think it's a great fit for their future. I mean, I, I tell everybody when we're t- when we talk about the Portland Trailblazers, yeah, Damian Lillard is seemingly going nowhere now. But there's going to come a time where Damian Lillard's not wearing a Portland Trailblazers jersey no more. That's whether he retires there or he decides to go somewhere else. And I feel like you do have a, a lot of good young pieces, and especially a guy like Ant Simons that I'm a huge fan of. I think pairing a guy like Shaden Sharp up with him, Shaden Sharp, like you mentioned, commit to, uh, could score on all three levels, uh, as, as great athleticism could get to the rim. Um, I, it's kind of hard to gauge how well he'll adapt to the NBA because we only have, co- I mean, high school tape of no college tape, nothing else. So I do think in some respects he is kind of a project, but I think he's a project that you could let adapt to the game at a faster pace, if that makes sense. I think he, like you mentioned, Colin, he has the, he has the uh, overall tool set already and he just has that NBA athleticism. I think he just has a few things to work on, like his handle and his demeanor sort the def- on the defensive end. I think he could be a star one day. And, um, the second round pick that they got that I'm, I'm really a huge fan of too, coming out of Colorado, um, Jabari Walker, they got him at the 59th pick and I kind of thought he, he might have went higher in the first round. I mean, in the second round, excuse me. Um, I, I like Jabari Walker. He has he uh he's a stretch big, about six eight, two fifteen. Has long arms. Can create from the perimeter. Has some back to the basket game. And uh, son of former NBA player Samaki Walker. So I feel like he he has that that edge, and he has that he has that skill set to kind of translate to and earn himself a roster spot from uh from that late second round pick for the uh, for the Blazers. So I really like what the Blazers did in this uh in, in this draft. Definitely, but the prized possession of this draft is Mr. Shaden Sharp himself, Mr. Kentucky. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to swing it to you. Give me your thoughts on the Portland Trail with the draft, uh, draft selections. Shaden Sharp, man. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, it was expected, but I'm t- what, 6'6", 201 pounds, but he's got, but he could do, but he seemingly can do it all. This kid, this kid is. He's going to be the cornerstone for the Blazers. I have to agree with everything you guys said after Dame leaves. Um, this kid's going to take over. I don't, don't get mad at me, Colin. I really want to back up that Jabari Walker point. Cause man, oh man, I, I don't want to say it's still, I think he went 57. I think he went to 57, which is still bad. Cause I thought he would have went higher too. And I really think he deserved that. Like, did like, I, I don't know. Maybe they don't, maybe because of where he came from out of Colorado, but. Yeah, I, I, I'm biased in this. My opinion for why I like this pick is because I'm biased when it comes to second generation players. Like, I love second generation NBA players. Like, I feel like they carry on the legacy. And like, if you're a fan of the game, it's just fun to watch like second generation players, especially if you, if you watch your father's play. So, um, but yeah, I think he, what, he's got a ring with the Lakers too, Samaki Walker. So yeah, but anyway, th- this kid is very, very interesting to me. And th- I think he's a good fit to back up Shaden Sharp. Um, not particularly for his shooting. Obviously, he wasn't known for three-point range. I think he shot like, what, like 34%, which wasn't that bad, but he shot like seven, he put up like seven attempts per game in college. So that, I mean, obviously he won't, that'll be, that won't be his game with Portland, but he doesn't have, that doesn't have to be. And Portland has a pattern here, fellas. They, they picked up Jeremy Grant. And they got Shaden Sharp, and they just added another six eight uh, forward with a six eleven wingspan. So like this, like this kid, they have a pattern of they're just trying to add 
stretch like stretch defense and just trying to add like multiple defenders that can guard multiple positions. I agree. I really do like this um draft that Portland had. I think it was low key underrated. Definitely, man. And I, I'm actually can't wait to see some of the Portland games. I hope they have a couple of national televised games. I'm definitely looking forward um to seeing how Shaden, you know, integrates himself into the Portland lineup. Uh, do you guys think he'll start, or do you guys think he'll start off the bench? If he works, if the summer league pans out well, training camp, you know. Simmons is tough. Simmons is tough. Uh, nah, you don't think he, yeah. he starts? Nah. I think, I think they start straight off the bench. You, you, okay. All right. I mean, I mean, I mean the, the, the backcourt is going to be Damon, Damon and Simmons. Yeah, yeah, Sim, Simmons, Simmons is tough, bro. Simmons is tough, but, but we get. And you can't remember. I mean, you can't forget. And Simons is a certified bucket, and he's he athletic in his own right. He, he won the dunk contest, didn't he? Yeah, I, bro. I, and I, I just I believe so. I didn't. I didn't know he could shoot till what? Like I think not the bubble year. I think the year after that. I'm like, oh, this kid can shoot too. High school, since high school, he been to shoot. Yeah, What was that last? That was me. I was just saying. I was just, I was just saying. Ann Simmons is tough. I was just saying. He, he. Oh no, Ann Simmons is tough. You you kind of went out. That's why I had to. But uh, I'm gonna swing it to Lodge on this one. Lodge, just give me your thoughts on on the Portland Trailblazers draft selection. I just feel as though they kind of just went with like the most like eye candy pick and for as far as this future with or without Dane, you know. And honestly, I think. Looking at it like, like more like more serious and not like just nonchalant because I just feel like Dame should leave at the end of the day. It will be interesting to see him with a bigger guard alongside him rather than CJ McCollum and see how that trans translates because people are comparing him so much to Zach Levine. So I imagine just just thinking about that enough like kind of intrigues me. So I definitely want to see how how they do. So I think they drafted well considering picking uh, Shaden Sharp. What grade would you give them? What's the uh, final grade? I'll give them. Mm, I'll give them an A. Give them an A, Johnny. What what we giving them? Um, I would give them a high B, only because there have been reports of like Shaden Sharp's lack of experience against like high level competition. Like I don't know why that I've read I've read a small article on that. Um I think he'll be okay as far as like rookie wall concerns, but I'm gonna give him a high B just in case. Okay. Uh I myself I'm gonna give him a, a, a B plus. Uh, just off the kids' talent, upside and potential. Uh but the work ethic's never been in question. So that's why I'm really high on this. So if the work ethic's never been questioned, uh, I think Portland's in good hands for the future and temporarily now. But with that, we slide over to the last team in the Northwest Division. Man, oh man, I think one of the top two winners of this draft. And no, it were there were three major winners in my opinion. Two teams in the West, one team in the East. OKC, man. I mean, listen, if there's one general manager, I'll never doubt. Besides Greg Popovich, is this man Sam Presti? I mean, what he did was unprecedented. Drafted three Hall of Fame MVP players. That'll probably never happen again. 
Maybe not. Maybe we won't live to see it. But that's just and then picking up Serge Ibaka, picking up little gems here and there, Steven Adams, just phenomenal draft, you know, selections. So I never question what OKC does. So with that being said, they take Chet Holmgren, who OKC felt like in their eyes was the best guy in the draft class. I feel that to a certain extent, but I'm gonna still stick with Jabari Smith. And then, they, and then with the 11th pick, so this is what they had did. They followed it up by trading for another first round pick, giving it with Knicks, the Knicks, aka Kyrie Lodge's favorite team. Uh, they gave three future picks to the Knicks with the 11th and 12th picks. Then they went with Ozma Dean and Jalen Williams, who, in my opinion, they were great picks, but I kind of feel like they should have drafted A.J. Griffin, in my opinion, if that was a the route they was going with, getting um, Jalen Williams. But, hey, I'm not complaining. I like him, too. I think he, I think he's great from Santa Clara. I watched his highlights, watched the scout report with him. I think he'll fill with OKC. I just feel like A.J. Griffin was the better in terms of talent, potential, and he was younger than him. And then with the last pick in the second round, they take another Jalen Williams from Arkansas, watched him play against us. He was a beast. Uh, he definitely played a part between JD, Note, him, uh, Arkansas just had a nice squad and, and seeing OKC pick him up in the second round, uh, OKC has one of the best developmental programs for young prospects. And I feel like all four of these picks could be a potential cornerstone for OKC moving forward. Uh, listen, Johnny, uh, talk to me, man. I mean, Kyrie, what, what do you think about OKC's draft selection? Wait, you gotta speak up a little bit more. Nah, not just a little bit more. How about now? Got you. Yeah, so I, I think I, gotta, I definitely got a great show. I think OKC is definitely one of the biggest winners uh, coming into this draft. I mean, getting track Holmgren, and uh, I, I I agree with it. I agree with, with going with over with Trevor Holmgren over Jabari Smith because I just feel like that size and that length is just simply too overwhelming. I mean. The kid averaged 95 pounds. He averaged almost four blocks a game. And uh, just his mobility on, just his mobility at that size, at seven feet tall, being able to shoot, being able to recover. And, and I, I get it. Jabari Smith can do a lot of the same things, but I just feel like Cheryl Holmgren kind of just kind of fits better with that OKC spot. You think, you think Shea Gilchrist Alexander, a guy that could really, he, he could, what the offense he can score himself and he can find Josh Giddy can do the same thing. He can shoot a little bit. He can get to the rim, but he can find guys. And Chad Holmgren is, is the ultimate target being that he can shoot from the outside and the to the top. So I definitely love Chad Holmgren pick. You just had to mention, I was hoping we, we could save all the Knicks talk until next episode when we talk Eastern Conference because I would have been cool with Usman. I, I said it in my mind. So I think Usman Dang could possibly be one of the biggest steals in this draft too. For them to trade up on it, I'd love to get to see something in him as well. Um, the best way I could describe him is honestly just a just a bigger like rubber Nick Batum. Like that's that's the that's just the best way I can explain. I mean about six and Put your volume a little bit up, bro. You still hear me? Yeah, I hear you now. Yeah. Long, long frame can handle the rock. Um, not a great shooter, but his, his jump shot has potential. He doesn't have a broken form. 
And um, he he has some playmaking abilities too. He has some playmaking ability as well, so, and does a good job of finding guys out of the pick and roll. So I love that pick as well. Then I'm gonna wrap it up with Jalen Williams at number twelve, where they went uh, they went back to back right here. Another guy I think is a huge steal. He has a little bit of Tyreek Evans in him. Just a just a little bit. When I watch him play, he has a little bit of Tyreek Evans. In him. I mean, being six six, having long arms, being able to 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 get his own bucket from the perimeter and and take it to the rack when need be with his crafty ball handling. And he's great out of the pick and roll as well. Can find guys. I feel like he's a better. He has better vision than Tyreek Evans. But I think he has better vision than Tyreek Evans. His vision's on the level. You know how much I love Tyreek Evans, man. That's a bold statement. Bro, a guy like him coming off their bench and just a team. And he, again, he adds length. Who's my dang adds length? You think a guy they already have, that team's just going to be so overwhelming defensively. And they they might not be good yet. But they're going to be a team. They're going to be a team. A lot of teams hate playing in the, in the Western Conference and night in and night out. That's going to be a team. Look at middle of January. Oh, man, I don't feel like playing them. Tonight. I don't feel like playing them tonight. It's just too overwhelming. They just they just get up this team. All the guys can switch. They they just have awesome rim protection. Guys like Pokerchevsky, I can throw in there as well. I mean, it's like OKC had excellent draft. I'm giving I'm giving them a day straight up. Okay, I definitely don't. Uh, I definitely don't disagree with some of the analysis and statements you made. And like I said, the Tyreek ones. Oh, I, I, OKC, another team in the West. I'm looking for. They probably won't have any national televised games. They might because Chad Homer in the second, you know, so they'll probably try to get him on TV as much as they can. But I'm definitely looking forward to watching OKC play. Uh, listen, Johnny. Talk to me. Get, just give me your thoughts on OKC, <clears throat> their future, the jazz selections. I love Chet Holmgren. I remember being a I, man. I, he made me a Zags fan just in the tournament. I'm like, yo, this this guy's bucket. He is a bucket. I was like, who? What is going on here? But he, I, I, I thought it was something weird with him when he held back his physical. I, I, I guess, I, I guess he low key didn't want to get drafted by them, but. I've heard players do that sometimes. Like they'll hold back their physical to certain teams that they were not interested in or may not be quote unquote rumor or whatever. But bottom line is that that wasn't nothing to dig into. He did the OKC got the guy they were supposed to get. I think he'll fit well in there. I think he'll get the basketball. Shea's a willing passer. Um, I, th- I think he'll be fine there. Uzman Dane, I do, I, I, I do, uh, agree. I think he is like might have been, I think he might have the biggest upside. Uh, of any player taken like in the lottery area, I think Uzma, I, I think he might have the biggest upside. I, I, I'll be interested to watch him. But I want to talk about the two Jalen's. Like I, I ain't gonna lie, Colin and Santa Clara, for Santa Clara Jalen Williams. Well, first of all, shout out Santa, Santa Clara. I don't think they had a player drafted since what Nash, I think. So shout out to them for that. But Jalen, what, what he averaged in college over three years there with eighteen points, about four boards. He averaged about four assists. I think that might be more than Tyreek Evans. <laughs> but he shot 51% and whatever. And, like, I think he's played, like, 30-plus games or whatnot. I, I think he'll have a good upside as well coming off the bench. I think he'll be an interesting player to watch. But the bigger Jalen from Arkansas, like, I, I I really do like him. Like, he's an intriguing talent. Like, he, he, the, uh, he took – he's really good on defense. He took a lot of charges in college. 
And that is like sure something did. that really attracts scouts. Like that that's one thing I I've, I've noticed about him on defense. Like he's not afraid of taking the punishment and sacrificing his body for his team. And that's like a low key stat that probably made boost his attraction in the draft. But I I I really love OKC. They were they did what they were supposed to do, and um they're going to be a competitor maybe two two years from now. I give them a year and a half, two years from now they'll be a serious competitor. All right, okay, uh, definitely, man. I, I'm just excited for OKC future, man. I mean, I mean, I don't know what record they'll have upcoming. They'll probably won't. They won't make the playoffs. Hey, they could surprise us and make the playoffs. I don't have them making the playoffs, but if they were to make the playoffs, I mean, Chet Holgram just better be, just believe he'll be a major part of that. Shea Gills Alexander is going to do what he does. He averages like 25. Like, he's a beast. He's and, an all-star. And his three-point shooting, Shea's three-point shooting has really impressed me. He's, he's work, his work ethic has been a, that's why he overtook, uh, the five, he was a four-star recruit, overtook the five-star recruit spot as a starting guard, and he never looked back, played himself into the lottery. That work ethic speaks for itself. So, you ain't got to worry about Shea Gillis Alexander. Lodge, I'm going to swing it to you. OKC. Talk to me, man. OKC is nice, isn't it? I'm just going to just start it out with A+, plus, just top to bottom. A+. Plus. Oof. They probably they to me they had the best draft out of any team considering what they were going against I've been trying to get what they needed. They literally every draft pick they had they can literally use and put on their bench. There's not one player you think you're gonna have to put on a two way, to be honest. So it's just like rare. It is rare. So it's just like that to me that that's probably like that's that's one of the best drafts I've seen in a while. Now now it has to pay off to to, to to me to solidify, and I feel like the key is Usman Jang. If he if he's able to to be like that, like I don't even in a way like kind of how John Jonathan Kaminga was in the beginning of his stages in the Warriors, but maybe not as explosive, but just that kind of key, just raw piece, just up and down the court for them on both sides of the other of the ball. So I feel like he he'll be the key. And then like uh Johnny was saying, his upside may be the best biggest in the lottery and I feel like he has just a lot just a lot of untapped potential that that he can get into over there. I mean I, okay. Oof, when you break it down like that, Lodge, I oh I, I don't know, but it, it's another team we're gonna get to them. Uh we're gonna get to them and they're gonna be one of my top three uh winners of this draft in my opinion. But we leave the Northwest division. We slide over to the Pacific. Phoenix Suns didn't have a draft selection. They probably should have tried to get a draft selection. They probably had to cough up some few pieces. This situation is uh it has clouds over it. DeAndre Ayton uh we don't know what's the situation with that, whether he'll be able to find a way to negotiate a suitable contract for him or you know, he'll have to probably take off to a team that'll give him that the money he feel like he rightfully deserves. But we're going to move on to Golden State, the reigning champions. Uh, I just want to flat out say Patrick Baldwin going to the Warriors couldn't have been a more ideal spot. I couldn't – I'm surprised that never even crossed my mind, him and Golden State. Like, Golden State and the Nuggets have a tendency to pick guys who were, like, really – highly recruited like top five top three guys then they slip due to whatever reason in college not playing well personal whatever etc 
They come into the league, get drafted by the Warriors, another phenomenal organization when it comes to development of players. And I feel like Patrick Baldwin is going to blossom. I, I genuinely feel like he's going to blossom. I mean, the kid was a top five recruit. He could have gone to Duke, but he chose uh, to play for his father. That didn't turn out well. Uh, Ryan Rollins, the second round pick, the 44th pick from uh, Toledo. Uh, I think that's another nice pick for them. He probably won't get as much time. He'll probably be back and forth. And I just feel like, to me personally, just on the Patrick Baldwin pick, I, I, I'm going to give the Warriors uh, uh, an A-. That's where I'm going with this. I'm giving them an A-. I'm going to swing it to you, Kyrie. What, what's your thoughts? I think an A- is a little too high. And I'm a huge Patrick Baldwin fan. I'm a huge Patrick Baldwin advocate. Um, Coming out of high school, Colin, I, I, guys, I honestly thought he was going to Duke. Going to Duke and uh, I – Honestly, see what Duke did this past season. That honestly would have been scary. And I felt like he would have fit right back, and he has the talent to do so. But I felt like him going to play at Milwaukee under his dad, he played down to his competition. And not to mention, he only played eleven games, and he didn't show off that 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 same stroke that he had in high school. What Patrick Baldwin in high school probably had one of the smoothest jump shots I've ever seen in my life. I mean. The, the, the guy, the guy, the guy could shoot like flat out. He he could shoot, and at six ten with that length, his he he that high arc, he's just able to get his shot off. His, was able to get his shot off in so many different ways and so many different angles, and above above the defense so effortlessly. So I I still see that potential in him, but just with based off of what he did this past season and at, playing against lower competition than what he we we expect him to be able to play against. And then going to the draft combine and posting the athletic numbers that he had. I mean, I think he put up uh, like like a 24-inch vert or something like that. Yeah. And, yes. And his, his, I think his um some of his agility drills ranked lowest as well. And uh, yeah, I, it, it's 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 really hard to it's really hard to have hope in when you see stuff like that. Feel me. But at the same time, I'm still a believer. I, I definitely agree with you. Going to an organization like Golden State, that's definitely uh, that's definitely a blessing. Um, just f- simply because how we, we see how they develop guys now, you see how they they've been developing guys since since Steve Kerr has been there. And uh, well, Mark Jack, we, we should I should say Mark Jackson started off, and Steve Kerr picked it up. Right. So you show, you show consistency, consistency in developing the draft picks. And um, I don't see why Patrick Baldwin can't be one of those guys. Like I said, I definitely believe he has the talent to do so. But I'd give it uh, – I'd probably give it like a C plus. I'd probably give it like a C plus, B minus. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I'm just really high on Patrick Baldwin. But he disappointed so much in college – it could have been a numerous, you know, maybe the defense was focused solely on him because they knew he was the only threat, et cetera, et cetera. Not to cut you off, Colin, but I'll say this. I feel like they should have went with EJ Liddell right there. Yeah. And he's another one that I was surprised. You know, we'll get to him later because he really dropped. I definitely would go right there. And I felt like. I feel like he's the better prospect right now, honestly. Oh, he's by far the better prospect right now. But if we're talking about potential and long term, Patrick Baldwin by far is the better prospect in terms of potential and long term, what he could do. But that's all potential. Potential is the key word. And it's such a misleading word. Uh, It's definitely a half-big word, too, because it's all on what if. So, 
But I'm not disagreeing. EJ, yeah, yeah. that would have been fine. They still would have got an A-minus in my book. The Warriors rarely make bad drafts, draft day selections. Uh, Johnny, talk to me, man. Draft day, Golden State. Well, I think they might have hit another home run again, especially with Baldwin. Like, like, like you said before, he was like one of the top players in the draft. What he played? What he played for his dad? I didn't know that. Uh, what was it University of Wisconsin Milwaukee? Um, that was I got to. I I, I mean, what he, twelve? I, I got him on. What's my stats on him? Uh, twelve points there, six boards a game, eleven games. Like you said, that's not. Only 10 starts. It's not really. Here's something interesting, though. I'm not going to lie. He broke the school's record by a freshman in his debut with the double-double. And I think he um he played Robert Morris when he was w- with Milwaukee one game. And he hit, like, six threes straight. He was, like, on fire that game. That's, so he had a few good showings. And I think that also, like, helped his draft status. Because the Warriors, let's not forget their development team. I think he's going to be fine. I think this kid is going to burst. I think he's going to be a heck of a developer, especially coming off the bench. Uh, Rollins, I like Ryan Rollins. He's a certified bucket getter to me. Um, I think he'll be, I think, on how I feel as far as his contribution right away. But I really am a fan of Patrick Baldwin myself. And he's young. He's young. 20, I think. What, 19? I think. Um, I'm very, yeah, I'm pretty much a fan of his upside. Patrick Baldwin, PB, uh, Lodge, I'm going to swing it to you. Talk to me. Give me your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors draft selection. Uh, I'm going to give them a, uh, I'm going to go with a flat B. Strictly because one just, it's that, as they, as they've shown, like, they can pull themselves out of anything. They can literally go from having one of the best scorers of all time on their team and two years later they can win another championship. With with clear messages they have and just small like just journeyman people that they kind of just bring up and turn them into new like new new age like different faced people. Hence Andrew Wiggins. And as far as Patrick Baldwin, I just feel like they'll they'll just make him come alive. He'll just be that just in a way just like their version of slow mo, so more offensive, and he's just gonna be scary. He's gonna be just like a just, just like a pick and pop, just, just assassin for them, and especially off the bench and like late third quarters and stuff like that. I, I really feel like in terms of development between the only other team I feel like that would have developed in nearly as well is probably the Spurs. Not probably. It is the Spurs. Oh, you don't even – he ain't even – he ain't even like – they don't even know if he coming back. So it's just like he ain't even like make it, make it known yet. So – well, I, they they still have a nice development there in terms of the staff, but Greg Popovich is the main one. Bro, you need his face walking around that building for things to be right, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you need his – hey, man, his presence definitely does uh, elevate the organization, even if they're not back to their heydays, you know, winning championships. But, Lodge, you say he was giving it a, a B plus? No, nah, just a flat B. Oh, just a flat B. Kyrie. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a C plus. C plus. Okay, Johnny. B plus for me. B, yeah, B plus. All right. Okay. Uh, overall, uh, solid, solid, and you guys are. But we're gonna swing it over now 
I'm going to swing it to Los Angeles Clippers. I mean, they only had one draft selection, Melissa Diabate from Michigan. Uh, this pick right here, uh, it was kind of one of those, it wasn't too many options uh, at that pick. You, you kind of had to go with what you had to go with. Um, he didn't really show me anything in Michigan. I'm not really high on him. Honestly speaking, he'll probably be in the, B, uh, the G League most of his career. I mean, hey, you know, the Clippers' development in terms of prospects, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, what was you saying, Kyrie? I said you wilder, bro. You you you, you, can't, you do my boy sad right now. <laughs> like it, I mean, but it's like because I think he should have came back to Michigan. That's I really feel like he should have came back to Michigan, or at least he should have spent another year in college. I, I don't feel like he was right. Bro, Hunter Dixon is going to be the focal point of that team again. Isn't he coming back? Yes. What did you say, Kyrie? I didn't hear you. I said, isn't Hunter Dickinson coming back and going back to Michigan? Yeah, but he he could have slid to the fourth. Because Hunter, Hunter plays the fourth. They could switch. Hunter. But but the thing is, they're both paint-oriented. And that's I feel like they kind of held Musa back. But he could then he could have transferred to a different school that would have given him a clear cut significant opportunity. I just felt like he needed like a, another prospect. We'll talk about later. Well, he was, he's in the Eastern Conference, but I felt like he should have came back another year. He absolutely would have made himself a first round lock. But uh, he's the only Clippers draft selection. I, I, I'm gonna give it a C, a flat out C, just because. Hey, listen, Jokic turned himself into. A two-time MVP. Isaiah Thomas was Mr. Irrelevant. I'm not saying Draymond Green. I'm not saying this, he could do that. But, you know, don't dismiss second-round picks. So, but I'm just going to give it a C for now. I'm going to swing it to you, Kyrie. Uh, I get, it, I'm not saying you're wrong, Colin, by any means. Because I definitely feel like he – we're going back his second year, be beneficial to him. I can't argue that. I definitely feel like it would have. But I feel like showing what he did for school like Michigan, coming in in a system that's already set and they already have their established players, he kind of made his mark on the defensive end, I felt like, being able to switch out on this perimeter, really get low and guard guys, and then contest shots at the rim with his length. And on the offensive end, he's he shown to be a really good lob threat and, and can really feast off of the offensive rebounds. He's really active with his length and his athleticism out there. Is he still raw? Yes, he he can miss a lot of fouls. He does turn over the ball uh, a, a little too often for my liking. But I definitely believe in Musa. Uh, I definitely believe in Musa Diabate. I think he has a lot of upside. He's still really young. And he's only twenty years old. Um, I, I I really like this for the Clippers, who do have a lot of vets on their squad that down the line aren't always going to be, again, aren't always going to be there. I think he's just good youth to have to kind of develop along the way and, and to be one of those, uh, be some athleticism down the line for, for a guy like Zubats, who I think they're going to keep long-term. Whoever they decide to have at center by that point, I think he's going to be a good complimentary piece at that floor sometime down the line. So I, I, I give it like, I give it a B, a, a B straight up simply because I was their only pick and I felt like, a guy like Musa Diabate, he, he he has some he has some upside. He has a lot of upside. But don't the Clippers have a lot of like at the four and five? Who who's currently at the four and five for the Clippers? I know. I mean, you got the uh, the Morris brother, Zubac. You got Zubac five. 
Uh, Robert Covington who just resigned. Isaiah Hartenstein was coming on. Like, what what point in time? It, like, like, let's really be honest. Hartenstein's slowest time. I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I don't expect him to make an, an, an immediate impact. I'm just saying, I think he's going to be nice. He, I think he's going to be useful down the line. All right. Well, this, all, this is based on potential, you know. And that, they're not super athletic. I feel like the Clippers do need a little some some athleticism, some youth on um on the front line. All right. Okay. Johnny, give me your thoughts on the Clippers' sole selection in the 2022 draft. Uh, um, I do agree. First off, with you, Colin, I think he should have. I do. I I think this guy should have stayed in college one more year. Um, I think he's. I mean, what nine points, six boards, about a block, and fifty four percent shooting in college or in his lone season at Michigan. But I mean, he had this one game against Iowa, um, with twenty eight and eight. Um, had a pretty nice. I think he had, what one block shot too. No, but twenty eight and eight. Uh, more importantly, against Iowa, and um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think my personal opinion in that is like the Clippers are looking at him because they liked his motor, um, as far as with that forty-three pick and what they could do it. I think they liked his motor. He's shown the ability that he 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 can guard multiple positions on defense, and that 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 matters. That brings a little bit more athleticism, like you said. The the Clippers are not that athletic. He's kind of like he is kind of like undersized at like the five four position, but like where the game is going, like for bigger players in this league, you either either or, bro, you either a rim protector or you guarding wings, multiple positions, and he can kind of do both. So that gave him some upside to get picked. Um, be, I mean, I would say, can we do a C plus <laughs> plus? Because of what they had, the pick that they had, and this kid, I think he should have stayed. But he had that he he had a very good showing against Iowa. Um, he he's got some good upside, and the Clippers are begging for athleticism. All right, I mean C plus plus plus. All right, that's 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 how Johnny's rocking. <laughs> Never heard that before, but we'll make that an official grade just for my man Johnny. Uh, Lodge, I'm gonna swing it to you, man. Just give me your thoughts. You said you said a comment earlier. <laughs> I'm gonna just give it a B because for one, like Johnny was pretty much explaining, considering who they have on just like their their front line, they're just not athletic at all, and they don't really. Like, even with Zubak, Zubak's their best center, but at times, if you watch him, he'll get lost out in the perimeter, getting switched out on, and he'll get torched. Somebody like Miles, who's just just naturally and just youthfully athletic, who's already, you don't really need to teach him that. He's already shown that he can do that. The only thing you pretty much need to teach him is kind of what you want him to get him on, give you an offensive end, maybe a spot-up three ball, to see if he can be, like, literally an elite pick-and-roll guy. But coming right out the box, I feel like the the way they from where they picked him, I feel like he was perfect considering what they needed because they already have loaded with shooters. They have two all star pieces, and they they they, they, they might have needed another point guard. But right now, where they're speaking, they like Reggie Jackson. So, and we haven't seen him uh, play with Kawhi and Paul George in the court at the same time since what two years ago. So, yeah, I, I like the pick, and I'll give it a B. All right, Lodge B, Johnny C plus plus plus, Kyrie, what what what's your grade? 
I, I gave him a B. A B, okay. All right. I think I'm the only one to give him a C. I just feel like we'll just have to wait and see. We just got to wait and see. I feel like, you know, you guys all made some solid now, especially with said the, the bigs for the Clippers, they're slow, unathletic. The Abate could probably change that. He could get some minutes. I still feel like he'll probably be going in and out the G League, but we'll see. Nothing but the best one. So we'll slide. We're still in Los Angeles, of course. So the Los Angeles Lakers, they had no picks originally, but they swung a deal with Orlando to get the 35th pick on the day before the draft. And then they decided to select Michigan State guard Max Christie. Now, Christie to me at 35 is definitely a good. I thought he was a first rounder. Kyrie, I don't know. I think you had him in your first round. I thought he was a first rounder. Didn't expect to see him fall to the second round. Lakers picking him up at 35 is probably one of the, the big steals. It's a lot of steals in this draft. I will I won't even lie to you. It's a lot of steals in this draft. He's one of them, in my opinion. Lakers getting him at 35. Listen to me. Uh, he's a young guy. He's a nice shooter. Got some athleticism to him. I like the pick. Uh, talk to me, Reed. Yo, I love the pick, too, man. You guys know, to be a one to done under Coach Tom Izzo, you really got to have some stuff to you. And his numbers aren't going to his numbers aren't going to jump out to you. He put up about nine points, three boards, and two, uh, I mean, uh, about three boards and almost an assist a game, a little over an assist a game. But his shooting numbers weren't that good either. Shot under 40% from the field and about 32% from three. But Max Christie has a lot of upside and has and has had some moments in, uh, with Michigan State where he showed that he could be a great off-ball scorer. And a guy who down the line could, could also create his own shot. And that's something that the Lakers desperately need. I, I personally feel like this move is kind of a warning to, to Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn and guys like that who are coming back next season are going to expect to have playing time. And I think guys are going to look at him and say, hey, you're going to have to watch out for him because this kid can shoot. Ooh. He's still slight of frame, but he, he his frame, I, I, I was watching some of his offseason workouts. And on top of him just having a, a, a deadly outside jump shot, his frame is filled, is filled out a little bit too. And he was already a, not a great defender, a solid defender at Michigan State. He's able to move his feet. He can stay in front of you, and he doesn't back down. But I think adding more, I think adding more in that muscle, uh, a little more of that core and that lower body strength, I definitely is going to serve. I think it's going to serve him well. And again, I think I definitely think his offense is going to uh, transfer to the league. Again, six six, um, has some has some athleticism, has the ability to elevate, and create uh, separation on his on his uh, on his shots. I love the Max Christie pick. I give it an A for the Lakers. A for the Lakers, Johnny. Is it A for the Lakers? It's an A for the Lakers and an A plus for Rob Palenka, <laughs> for sure. The vice president, like, yeah, he had two, he had two jobs that night on draft night. Get up, acquire a pick, and then get a wing. He did both. Like, <laughs> good job. Like, for real, I, I, I really do like Christy. Um, a young, no, nineteen year old, but I, I, I like him. I really do like him. He provides shooting, like you said before, with the Lakers need, and I. Uh, I don't want to get too picky because he's going to make these dudes put a hand up real fast. But I just want to see him spread his 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 shot range out a little bit more. Izzo kept him in the corner a lot, and um and but he did shoot. They had him at thirty two percent or thirty two and a half percent from three. I don't. I think I thought it was more. I felt like he made more. Like this kid can really 
really shoot the basketball. And but I think he's really good on catch and shoot. I think his catch and shoot is underrated. But he can come off, he can come off screens. He can come off on motion, just plant and rise. Like this kid's gonna, he, he's a shooter. I think he'll it'll be fun to get him working with like LeBron. Like I think he'll get better looks. Like I I think this kid's gonna be good. Uh, he's got like a six nine wings, wingspan, six foot five. Uh, what? five-star recruit mcdonald's all-american um they had him projected to be a top 30 but um you know the lakers they did what they did and you know they put themselves in position for him i think they what bought a higher than expected pick but yeah i, I really really do like this kid like he's, he's got a he's got a fundamentally sound shooting stroke tom Izzo really gave him credit and like you said one and done under tom Izzo, you got to be a somebody so i really do like max max christie despite his age i, I really do like him Mad Max, <laughs> I like it. Lodge, give me your thoughts on the new young Lakers. I'll give them an A. I feel like, to me, it was just, again, like coming into a draft, not having a draft pick, and you end up grabbing one last minute and then getting a prospect like this, who I've heard was pretty much just just just, just showing his behind in, in workouts, pretty much. Just, just, just showing he has a crazy NBA-ready shooting stroke, and 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 then there's more and more to tap into. Like Kyrie was saying, he was looking like he was filling out. He's going to become like maybe a more all around athlete. Not going to be as frail coming in, hopefully. And uh, I just feel like it's a good step for the Lakers. And let's just hope they don't come back with with uh, what Westbrook are in lineup. That sounds like a good. I mean, honestly speaking, I feel like this is one of the Lakers' best. Is Lakers. Best draft in, in the wild in terms of the prospect. Uh, and one of the best prospects, in my opinion. So I feel like the Lakers did well in this draft, and I feel like moving forward, they're setting themselves up for the future. Uh, we're going to move on to the next team in the in the Pacific Division. We're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings. Oh, how I wish Chris was here. Really wish Chris was here. Uh, I said I, in the chat, I like the draft pick, but I, I don't know. Like, when you look at the players after Keegan Murray and you just sit back and think to yourself, well, this was a nice draft pick, but it's not anything super impactful. Because now, Jaden, the thing with Jaden Ivey is one of those things of you got Don, you get, you have Davion Mitchell, you got De'Aaron Fox. He traded away Tyrese Halliburton because the backcourt, I guess, was overcrowded or too crowded. And you committed to De'Aaron Fox. You gave him the max max contract already. So you have to be committed to the guy. Do you feel like they should have drafted Jaden Ivey and try to make it work out? Or you feel like Keegan Murray was the best draft selection? Because I'm going to give them a B just because I like Keegan Murray as a player. But I just felt like for the Kings, they haven't made the playoffs since 2006. You feel like they would – try to grab an impact player or maybe take a swing on Shaden Sharp, but I feel like, you know, taking a swing on Shaden Sharp, they just probably couldn't risk it. They've already been losing since 2006. So, you know, just give me your thoughts on that, Kyrie. Um, Would Jaden Ivey with the Sacramento Kings be fun to watch? Definitely. Do I think it was the most logical pick? No. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think the Kings made the most logical pick possible in picking Keegan Murray. Um, a guy that just gets it done on that just gets it done on both ends of the floor, 
And his main calling card is on the defensive end, but he still put up 23 points per game. Getting a guy like that for the Sacramento Kings where you don't really need the scoring. You just need the the offense. But he can bring offense to you in so many different ways, being able to operate from the mid post, being able to stretch out to three and, and hit threes in transition and, and catch and shoot situations, being able to get up in, in, into guys' grill at, at half court, pick the ball, and, and take it in for a dunk on the, on the opposite end in, in, fact, in, in, in transition. So I think I think – Keegan Murray's got the complete package. I made this comparison in our uh, in our mock draft episode. He definitely reminds me a lot of Pascal Siakam, but he guys he also has a lot of Kawhi Leonard in his game to me, man. Just from his demeanor, his his size, his his his, his strength. Not so not super athletic. Kawhi Leonard's not super athletic, but he's athletic enough, and he has just that timing and those intangibles that makes that makes him a great defender. And I think Keegan Murray's got the same thing, uh, the same. Uh, substance in his game. Uh, just, just a little rundown. His numbers, like I mentioned, he went from seven points to, to twenty-three points uh, per game last season. Um, and I and I feel like a lot of that. If you watched the previous season, a lot of that was held back because Luca Garza was having one of the the greatest college basketball seasons of all time. But uh, again, put up twenty-three points, eight boards, uh, had had a steal and two uh, two blocks a game. Shot over almost forty percent from three, and again he's he's about six eight six nine. He, he's just just the ultimate glue guy out there, while able to do just produce so much in so many different ways. I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm the, I'm giving the Sacramento Kings an A. Sacramento Kings an A. I'm just so tricky on it because you look at the prospects after Keegan Murray, and you're kind of like he like he says the most logical. It's nice. It's a nice pick, but at number four, you're in the top I, five. He doesn't have that because he's coming from Iowa. It's not even that. I just feel like in terms of it's a nice fit. It's a nice fit, but it just feels like you want something more. You feel like you just want something more, but hey, who who really knows? I feel like. The Pistons, you know, we'll talk about them in the Eastern Conference, but they're one, yeah. I mean, hey, the Kings, uh, that's who they're rocking and rolling with. Let's just believe in them. Johnny, talk to me. What's your thoughts on the Kings? Uh, Keegan Murray out of Iowa. Well, what's that old saying, fellas? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, they clearly saw something that we didn't. Well, mainly me. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, it, basically, like, I, well, with the obvious comparison to Jaden Ivy, who they passed up on. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think he was like, I, I'm not gonna. I, I, I don't think Sacramento was stupid. I think I'm assu- I'm gonna assume that they tried to trade down, but they couldn't find a way to do it without like and still getting Keegan. They probably tried to get both, but they just settled. But for like you said, the logical pick. Um, I think they did probably try to make a move with it to, to no success, but I mean, maybe, maybe he can, he's versatile, the versatile, yeah, versatile forward, maybe he can lead him. I, I, I do think Jaden Ivey ends up being an all-star first, but like you said, Keegan Murray, he's a scrappy defender. Um, and he actually did become a consistent sc- scorer in college that 23 points a game, but that's no fluke. This kid can, consistently was getting buckets and locking up opponents, like, I got him down for making an immediate impact, like especially like you know backing up De'Aaron Fox and doing the dirty work and being like 
you know, a, a two-way Patrick Beverly if he could if he could score, <laughs> so to speak. But um, no, I don't know. They 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 do. They, they said scout, scouts were like talking about his three-point shot a little bit, but I don't I don't think that's much of a concern. I think that comes with development. Um, I think the Kings with the logical pick here. Um, ugh, I'm not. Am I the only one who feels like this pick just feels like C plus C minus, bro? I would say C minus. C minus, yo, my God, this is yo, this is crazy. C, I, I can't give him a C minus. Oh, absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like what? Be, like, listen, I, I'm still on the fence of I feel. The fact that y'all think Jaden Ivey would have worked out, it just baffles me. No, I don't think – I didn't say that. I said it wouldn't work out, but you think the Kings should try to make it work out. No, for what? They tried to over the past two years with too many guards. He shot over 39% for the college. That's my only thing. talking about C-minus, bro? Stop. Okay, wait. Uh, that's the only, uh, listen, the only thing I'm giving, he shot like 39% from three his last year. That's the only thing I'm, that's the only thing I would give him compared to, I, yeah, I think Ivy was a better pick, man. See, minus, minus, you feel better? <laughs> in what case? In what case? Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to start De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, and Jaden Ivy, right? That doesn't make sense. Someone with that back with the Brendan Barnes. Barnes. Exactly. So you get the. Oh my God! It's, you, can bring off, you can bring Jaden off. The, well, well, just, minus. No, yeah, no. If you draft a top five pick, he can't come off the bench. You, you, you have to start him. It's bad. Like he has to, he has to play. Like you don't. How many times are we going to keep going back to the lobby? Like he, he has to play. Kobe but, take a seat behind Eddie Jones. Okay, but what other selections <laughs> to the Kings? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Lodge, I'm gonna swing it to you. What other selections could the Kings have took if not Keegan Murray? And what's your thoughts on the draft selection by the Sacramento Kings? Why would they? It, it, to me, it's just there's no point in trading down for one. Because you're gonna trade down for who? Uh, who? You're not you're not picking Benedict Matherin over Keegan Murray or Jaden Ivey, and Jaden Ivey doesn't fit when you just paid a max player that was almost uh. They were pretty much considering De'Aaron Fox an MVP one year, and that was the thing that was a bubble year when he was going crazy. He was. And he's he, he's an all-star. Having Jaden Ivey, and they're the same exact player. But that would have been one dynamic. So what, Shaden Sharp, do you feel like they, they should have Something good to watch. There's no point in that. Is Shaden Sharp, do you think he would have been no. a viable option at four? Oh, no. Because he's a six six guard, 49-inch, 7-foot wingspan. All three level scorer. You, you're taking on on a chance at number four, bro. With somebody that's not proven, you you watch. You're right. You're, right. You're, you're, you're not. You you have another player that's bigger than him, plays way better defense than him, and he's already shown you he's league ready, body and all, mindset on the game and all, bro. So it's like what? I, I just feel like the, the Kings have such a bad. Oh my god! The Kings I, have such a bad track history. It's like you just got to down. Instead of just doing some like bobblehead, he looks cool. He looks like he can do a dunk. Let's get him. Like, no. Listen, I like Keegan Murray. Don't get, I'm not, listen, I like Keegan Murray. Like Kyrie said, the most logical pick. 
But I, I something's telling me it, it could have been something more. I don't know what it is, but yeah, that's just me. Entertaining to watch. That was about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're going to grab Jaden Ivey. I'm going to get cooked with any backcourt y'all play. <laughs> y'all got cooked. Hey, don't say y'all and that's my team. They ain't my team. Come on, now. <laughs> I was scoring any backcourt in, in, in the West with that backcourt. That's weak. Sorry. Weak. Uh, yeah, Devin Booker cooking him. Luca is cooking him. Oh, Luca! And Brandon Ingram is destroying them. Mm. Hey, come on, now you grab the bigger guy that can give actually give you defensive and everything else around the court instead of just one thing when they already have it. Right. Okay, Lodge. Lodge coming in with the heat, man. All right, listen. What grade are you giving the Sacramento Kings? They get a B plus because they only have like one other pick. B plus Kyrie. Oh, I give him an A. Can't believe it, but I give him an A. Can't believe it. I, I, I'm giving him a B plus. That's what I said. Johnny said C minus minus. That's a double minus. So he, Johnny's not enthusiastic about the pick. <laughs> He's not enthusiastic about the pick. But we move on. We slide over to Memphis. They had one haul. They had a bunch of draft picks. But the only one that I felt like that had any substance, in my opinion, is Kenny Chandler from Tennessee. Uh, I feel like Jake like LaRivia from Wake Forest, he could make some noise. Uh, definitely not sleeping on him, but uh, Kenny Chandler as a backup guard for Tyus Jones, who's an unrestricted free agent July 1st. I just felt like he's the most notable pick. They got Kenny, and he slid to the second, and he's another one that slipped. It was like, wow, and the Grizzlies picked him up in the second round? Definitely still one of the steals, in my opinion. Uh, Kyrie, talk to me, man. I know firsthand we played against this kid twice, no, three times, actually, a baller. Yeah, we talked about Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Chandler a lot uh, over this past season, Colin. You know, bro, I, I love Kennedy Chandler. I think he's like a model point guard. And uh, a lot of people might think it sounds crazy, but I, I honestly see a lot of Chris Paul in this game, just his headiness, just his ability to see the floor to, to, to make the game run at his tempo and the tempo that he wants it, and it, the, just the ability to get his guys involved to make his guys look a lot better. He didn't have a lot of a, – a whole bunch of talent around him at uh, – at, at Tennessee, and they played kind of a two guard, uh, two guard lineup with uh, I can't remember his last name, but his name is Akai. He, he's an up and coming point guard there, and uh, they played a lot of two guard lineup, so he did have to play off the ball a lot. But uh, his numbers, his, his numbers were solid throughout the season. I don't understand how he dropped so he put up fourteen points, three boards, uh, a little under five dimes, two steals a game. He showed what he could do on the defensive end, and shot thirty eight percent from three. And he was one of the most athletic guards to test out the combine too. So I, I just feel like that's just perfect youth and perfect balance to have uh, behind a guy like John Morant, who, who's a who's a bona fide scorer, and a guy like uh, Tyus Jones, who, who who I believe is going to be returning in free agency. Uh, I think Kenny Chandler is the perfect balance between them two as a scorer and as a guy that can get other guys involved. So I did really like that pick. Um, Jake LaRavia, I didn't really hear too much about till towards the end of the draft, but uh, I watching his game, I did end up, I, I did end up uh, kind of liking him. I think he has a lot of skill. He has good footwork. He has the ability to shoot the rock and handle the ball at about six nine, six ten. Um, I think he's a really good player. I think Memphis did a good job. 
All right, so guys, uh, Kyrie, I want to stop you before uh, you made some great points about the Memphis Grizzlies, but we just got some breaking news while we were recording. John Wall, the Rockets are buying out John Wall's contract, and he's signing with the Clippers. Okay, this is NBA draft. We're talking about the future, but we got to talk about the present as well. Uh, yo, Kyrie, this is crazy. Talk to me. What's your thoughts on John Wall going over uh, to the Clippers, man? What's the Clippers? Paul George, quiet. Wow. This is Yo, I, right. I think he's just gonna fit in right perfectly. I, I don't think you got. I don't think you gotta have a John Wall that goes out there and gets you twenty plus points a game. I don't think you gotta get a John Wall that's out there and is ball dominant. If John Wall's jump shot is borderline consistent, it doesn't even have to be all the way consistent. It's just gotta be borderline consistent. So think. So things just don't go wrong with the spacing along with him and Paul Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because that's a lot of star power and that's a lot of buckets that are to be had. But I think he, I think he matches their pace. I think he's, I think he's still a good floor general and play with older guys. We, we got to remember the last two times we've seen him play, he was playing with younger guys in Houston. So I think playing with older guys, more veteran pieces, uh, like we were mentioning, like the uh, Marcus Morris and, and Zubac. Um, I think, I think it's a good move for them. I think it's really going to pay off well. Man, this is crazy. I wall to the Clippers. Man, I'm about to start playing 2K right now and just and see how that works out. Seriously, nah. Let me swing it to Johnny. Talk to me, Johnny. What? Wow. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is a but. This this is a this this is a heist. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Heist completed. Like, wow. Like this this was a swing. Uh, I'm reading it here. Uh, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. It got what they they John Wall and the Rockets agreed to a buyout with Wall agreeing to give back seven million dollars in his salary. Um. Yeah, he'll he'll clear waivers. He'll go ahead and clear waivers and go to L.A. That is a move. Like I, I'm not sure what the uh where Kawhi Leonard exactly is right now, but I know as far as that backcourt with uh with Reggie Jackson, like yeah, John Wall. That I think that puts the Clippers up. Like I, I didn't when he signed. What was it that forty seven point eight million dollar option or something like that? Which you said I thought it was. I thought that was it right there. But yeah, they. Going to get seven million of that back, and they worked it out. Like that was a move. I I think he. Well, how much did he sign for him for? Like, I, did they did they unload a lot of that? Did they unload the majority of that contract? Because I think that helps them out a lot. They, they pay, the Rockets are pretty. They buying out the whole contract. And the whole they they still he's still going to get paid, but he's going to be playing with the Clippers, which is like killing two birds with one stone. I mean, this Clippers team is dynamic now. You look at the starting five, and then the bench. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Nick Batum, Morris, Reggie Jackson coming off the bench to spell off John. Uh, Reggie Jackson played well. Uh, you know, it's this Clippers team is dynamic. Uh, chemistry is always going to be the main focus. Uh, are, are they going to win the championship this upcoming season? I really don't know. It depends on their chemistry and how much they work out. But you got three hard workers in Quad, Paul George, and John Wall. So I don't see why it doesn't work out. And John Wall. A lot of people compare Wall to Westbrook. I think Wall, and when he was, when he was healthy in 2017, 2018, he was a top three point guard. You remember people used to debate who was the better point guard between Wall and Irving uh, back in the Eastern Conference. So John Wall is definitely a, a, a talent. But one of the fastest point guards in the one of the fastest <laughs> still what guard. I believe. And, and the Aaron Fox was the fastest point guard, but Wall was up there. Wall was definitely up there. I mean, Lodge, give me your take on this. 
I'm just finally happy to see John Wall go somewhere where his title contention involves, or or just even a slight chance. And I feel like here is probably his best option, considering like who needed like a like an. I don't want to say pretty much enough, like a like an above like a high grade starting point guard. And I feel like Reggie Jackson was kind of just. He was staying afloat, but I feel like later down on the line, he'll end up just being like our normal old Reggie Jackson, just kind of like hit or miss. But John Wall, I feel like he has a little bit more structure, and then with his game, he's just still able to get people involved and still be able to play slightly good defense, which he was kind of known for. Um, I really like it. And, again, I'm just finally happy to see John Wall go somewhere where he can actually play and, and, and see what he's truly got. Definitely, uh, and I'm I definitely, uh, definitely want to piggyback off that, Lodge. I, I can't wait to see what John, John Wall's 32. Uh, you know, he, I think he's a little bit past his prime, but he's he's in shape. You know, the pictures I saw him in recently, he looks like he's still keeping himself in shape. Uh, saw a couple of workout videos, saw a couple of pickup games. Albeit they are pickup games, but you know, he he looked great. He looked great for 32. Uh, definitely not James Harden. Uh, he looks fit. So that that's all the more you can ask for. Uh, I'm re- listen, man. This NBA season is really exciting, man. I, I'm already waiting for the NBA season to start. Right. So uh, that was breaking news that just on the time this at the time this recording. Um, this is Monday. So yeah, definitely excited for the uh, the NBA, man. Really excited for the Clippers. Where do you guys think they put them in in terms of playoffs? I mean, oh, it depends on how healthy they can stay. They can stay. Uh, I definitely see it to be a, to be a top three somewhere, top three, top five. Um, but again, it all depends on availability. Okay, Johnny, what you think? Based off availability, like before, I give them a strong four seed. Strong four seed, got you, Lodge. What seed? Uh. Considering surrounding surrounding teams getting deeper, and considering the majority of their their key players coming off injury, I can see them top six. <clears throat> top six. six. Okay, I ain't mad at that. All right, not mad at that at all. All right, so we got to go back to the uh, futures of the stars now. Uh, Kyrie, uh, you were the last person who spoke. You liked the picks. Uh, you had David. You liked the uh, David Roddy. You liked the Jake Larivia, and you loved uh, Kelly Chandler. Uh, what was the grade that you gave for the Grizzlies before we swing it over to Johnny? I gave the Grizzlies about a BB plus. BB plus. All right, Johnny, talk to me. Give me what you think about the draft selection of the Grizzlies game. Uh, like before, like it was mentioned before, I think Jake. I think Jake. Um, out of Wake Forest, I think he'll uh be a consistent rotational player. He's got consistent shooting, dribbling, and passing. Um, depends on how quickly he adjusts to the NBA. Um, I think he can make a significantly huge kind of like a little bubble burst of, of an impact for for Memphis like late in his rookie year um yes but I see him as a consistent contributor um they had scouts had him going a little bit higher than he did along with David Roddy out of Colorado um didn't have too much knowledge on him but I heard I, I'd heard from some scouts and I read like a, a small article that he did a lot for Colorado State low-key um, he got the Mountain West Player of the Year award, and uh, I think this past year had 19 points per game, about seven and a half boards. Um, but my my favorite pick for Memphis Grizzlies was the one that they had um, got from the um, San Antonio's first 30th pick, Kennedy Chandler, uh, as mentioned before. I, I, I'm really intrigued by 
happen. Um, his assistant Turner Ratio in college was very well. Um, when he's with Tennessee, he um, I think they were they wouldn't they finished eighth and uh, against him, uh, a percentage of like better than one point five, while at the same time, uh, he had like an assist percentage greater than thirty percent. So I see him as an efficient playmaker. I think he can hit the ground running low key. Um, he is my favorite low-key pickup by the Grizzlies, but um, overall, I'd be plus in this draft. They did very well. Okay, strong analysis. I'm going to swing it over to you, you Lash. Give me your thoughts on the Grizzlies draft pick. I feel like overall, the Grizzlies did pretty well. The only key thing I was kind of just looking at, just the, the draft as a whole, looking after it was finished, I feel like damn near a pick away from Walker Kessler. I feel like that that would have been like a a nice little like playoff bench piece for them later down the line for another rim protector that would take it off Jaren's hands, even though he's excelling well at it. But overall, I, I give them a just just a, a flat B. I feel like they would, for the picks they were given, they got nice key pieces for the future, and uh, <clears throat> I, I like to see what they do with them. All right, we swing it over to the Dallas Mavericks. They only had one draft selection, but shout out um I, I, uh, from the undrafted rookies, the Memphis Grizzlies also picked up my guy Kenny Lofton. Um, he he came he bursted onto the scene uh to to the draft scene kind of late, but he was really productive in college. Little undersized for the power forward position and a little overweight at six seven, around he's probably around two fifty now two sixty. But he can move. He has good footwork. He's left-handed. He's crafty. And I really think he can make this Memphis Grizzlies team and, and, and eventually, some point down the line, have a role somewhere in the NBA. Listen, man. Listen. I, I think he's definitely one of the ones that I thought should have been drafted compared to some of these guys. But I want to swing it back to Jaden Hardy. Man, did he fall in this draft. Uh, he played he, – he, it was mixed results in the G League. Um he was originally before the preseason. He was like a top ten. Most mock drafts had him in the top ten. Some had him in the top five. He didn't play that well, but I still think he's a bright talent. I think he should have went to Kentucky. Should have went to college. But hey, uh, the Mavericks pick him up. I like it so much. I think they got another steal in his draft, especially the kid so young. Uh, he could definitely go out there and give you buckets. I mean, talk to me, Johnny. What like what do you think? Well, um, interesting. With uh, I, I, I like I like Jalen Hardy as well. Um, what they, Dallas traded his first round pick and the Christian Wood deal, but they they grabbed Hardy in the second round and they took their shot. They had the opportunity. Um, I like it. He's a he's an efficient bucket getter. Like he had a, like a kind of like an up and down season in the G League, but like his shot making, space creation, I, I like all of that. Um, I a couple of scouts had him as a lottery talent, but. Whatever, it's a big swing for Dallas, um, potentially like a big, big acquisition as far as value. Um, I think uh, what was ESPN's top guard and number two player overall in the recruiting class, he averaged like, what, 30 points per game and like nine, bo- nine boards, eight doms, and that's just as a junior at what, in high school. So he had heck of a uh, – he had – Heck of upside. His his accolades are amazing. U, USA Nike Hoop Summit team, and he played on the on the USA Junior 
men's national uh, team uh, until 2019. So I, I think he's got a little bit more experience than people give him credit for. I, I think he's a very, very great underrated pick by Dallas. And definitely. And listen, Kyrie, I want to swing it to you. Just give me your thoughts on this pick. Um, I really like Jaden Hardy coming out of high school, and I did like the fact that he he went to the uh to the G League and Nike squad because I think he had the talent to do so. Um, it was, he had a lot of low points during the season where it didn't necessarily seem like he did struggle uh, struggle with turnovers and reading and reading NBA level offenses, and he did have uh he did struggle at uh, finishing at the rim and shooting at an efficient clip uh, close to the basket. So. Uh, there there are a lot of question marks, which is probably why he dropped to the second round. I did think he'd probably squeak into the first, maybe. But it doesn't surprise me he dropped here to Dallas. And I think Dallas did need a little bit of point guard help. And he does have some talent. I mean, when I think of his play style, he, he reminds me a lot of uh, Kevin Porter Jr. Now, he's he's not as – I shouldn't say as shifty. He's not as explosive as Kevin Porter Jr. But he does have that same shiftiness and that craftiness to uh, – to kind of create space and to, to to get jumpers off on the perimeter, he has a nice jump shot, and I think with some time he could he can translate to a uh, to to a good NBA point guard. But I think that the problem is he's stuck between being a point guard and a shooting guard. But I think he I think he has to lean more towards the point guard side if he really wants to last. I I think it's a good pick by Dallas. I give it a, maybe a, like a, like a B minus. B minus, okay. D minus. That that was your guy. He was high on him. D minus though. All right. Lodge, talk to me, man. Give me your thoughts on Jay Hardy. Uh, I love it considering the the possibility of them losing Jalen Brunson. Um, even that, even so, even with having Jalen Brunson still there, I feel like he's even a, a more key piece. Even if they lose Tim Hardaway Jr., another person they had uh, going through injury and going coming into the playoffs, they didn't really get a chance to see him. I just feel like he's a good cleaner piece to fill in to whoever they lose or just add on to, to whoever get they, they get a chance to keep. So, uh, to me, I just feel like honestly, I've, I've thought highly of Jaden Hardy. I thought felt like he was a sleeper guard for this for this draft class. To me, I can feel like for this season alone, I feel like he can end up being a maybe either top five or right outside the top five guard and in this class, considering his talent and already seeing. Like maybe not low level, but mid level NBA offenses and defenses already for a whole year instead of just going to college and just seeing zones and and, and regular set offenses. So yeah, I give the Mavs. Uh, I'll say a, a B, a flat B for for um drafting Jaden Hardy. All right, now we move on to New Orleans. They picked up Dyson Daniels, G League Ignite. That was what you guys were hoping to get for y'all squad, and I thought he was a great fit for the Pelicans. Uh, I like you so much. I think maybe they don't have as much confidence as Kira on Kira Lewis Jr. Maybe they try to work both of those guys. One of them has to come off the bench. Um, I like this pick a lot. I love EJ Liddell. The Pelicans to me had one of the best drafts too. I said three. Got to put Pelicans. They're four of them. Uh, you pick up EJ Liddell in the second round. Thought he was a first round pick. That's a steal. Uh, and Dyson Daniels and EJ, EJ Liddell and Carlo Metokovic. Can't pronounce his name. Apologize. But give me your thoughts, Kyrie. I, I know you love the Pelicans draft selections. 
Yeah, bro, I love Dyson Daniels. I mean, he reminds me like, like a bigger, like like a bigger Lonzo Ball. Um, he just does a lot of things out there that I feel like, like you mentioned, the Knicks really could have used. Um, he has length. He's tenacious on the defensive end, on on the, on the perimeter, and even though he's a point guard or shooting guard, wherever you want, honestly, I think he can play three positions. But he's able to guard down in the paint too, coming from the weak side to get blocks and to, and to uh, collect steals. He's really a smart and 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 intense defender and uh, i think that definitely translates well with the pelicans who had guys come out there like like herb jones coming from the uh, from the second round uh, last year and being one of the top as a rookie being one of the top defenders in the league and i think dyson daniels is going to follow his footsteps um on the offensive end he does have to work on his jump shot a little bit more but i don't think he really has to work on that I mean, I don't think he really has to worry about that. I should say being around guys like Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, guys that can just knock it down. And uh, I think he should rely and just keep relying on that floater game created from the pick and roll and just using the size against smaller guards. I really love that pick. And, uh, yeah, I vouched for EJ Liddell earlier. For them to find him in the second round, um, I, I feel like that was a, a kind of a steal. He might it, he might have some uh, some problem working into that lineup, being that they're, they're kind of deep um, in their front court. Uh, and he's a little bit undersized, being six, at six seven, but he does have have a, a good wingspan, and um, that's allowed him to put up a, a little over two blocks per game last season. He's put up, about, I think, like eighteen points and nine rebounds, something like that. Guy he reminds me of is like a longer Anton Jameson. He has a nice touch, but he's able to play with his back to the basket. It's a great rebounder. So uh, I definitely like the Pelicans draft picks. I I, I gotta give him an A. We got an A over here. I'm giving them an A as well. Johnny, talk to me. Well, guys, this was this was an interesting uh, draft by the Pelicans. Um, uh, let me. I, well, honestly, I like I like Dyson Daniels because of his defense first mindset. Um, he's and he's got size. He's like the perfect player for the for the Pelicans with all that offensive uh, firepower that they already have. Um, they picked like you got. Del- it was a heck of a steal snagging Liddell in the second round. Like that. That's some. That's a. That's a huge steal considering he was projected to go first. Um, I don't uh, really know much about the Serbia pick. I don't. I think he's. I, I look at him as a big man with that. With that. With athleticism that can contribute off the bench maybe. But Dyson Daniels particularly is my favorite pickup by them. Um, he's very fascinating. Um, he he can play on. He can play off ball, which is very impressive for his. For like you know rookies coming in, um, I, I like you said before, his biggest concern is his jumper. I, I think he'll be fine with that. The Pelicans will he'll develop with that, and he there's no rush with that considering the offensive firepower. Like a, like I said, that the Pelicans have, um, but he brings everything else to the table: defense, rebounds, he's got a high ceiling, and it, like what six six, but he can defend like multiple positions. So like th- th- that's a very that's one of my that's that's my favorite pick. But I do like I do like EJ Liddell a lot. I do like him a lot. My my favorite thing that stands out for him, I like the Antoine Jameson comparison. It's I look at it as like if Antoine Jameson could shoot threes, he shot thirty seven percent like from three ball. Like that's very impressive to me. That stands out from his from his other stats of nineteen points, eight boards, blocked about three shots a game. 19th highest mark across the NCAA. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I I like him a lot, but his 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 outside shooting definitely stands out for me. But my favorite pick for them is the Pelicans. I'm giving them an A, guys, all around. Yeah, we, we can't knock Anton James to shoot. Anton James can shoot from three. Anton James having a nice shot. 
Yeah, he had a little. He had a little shot. This is that day and age uh, corner, corner from from my recent memory. Corner shot he took mostly. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lodge. I'm gonna swing it to you before we slide over to the next team. For the Pelicans, I'd give him an A. Uh. Honestly, it just hurts talking about Dyson Daniels, but for one, considering their their offensive firepower they have, I feel like he's a perfect kind of complimentary piece to build up to become even maybe a, another star player to to, to their to their triple tandem almost or not almost they have a triple tandem. So yeah, I feel as though it's, a, it's just a flat out A. And again, EJ Liddell, another bench piece to add on to somebody like Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes. Uh, so and, and and Trey Murphy, so the Pelicans are looking real good. All right. So we're gonna swing it over to the San Antonio Spurs, one of the three best, well-run, coached organizations in NBA history. At number nine, I thought they were gonna select Jalen Duran. It seemed like it was the perfect fit, but they go with Jeremy uh, Sochan from Baylor, which I'm not. I was a little bit confused on this pick. I like him as a prospect. And I'm not going to doubt the Spurs because they're another team that handpicked Hall of Fame geniuses from the second round, the first round. So I'm not doubting the Spurs when it comes to that. That's the ninth pick. The 20th pick was Malaki Brandon from Ohio State. I like that pick as well. I think he'll fit in with the San Antonio Spurs in my personal opinion. I mean, he was actually someone they had in the second round as well, but they was able to, they decided to pick him up at 20. So they saw something there. Blake Wesley, to me, is definitely the best pick out of – between Jeremy, we got to wait and see because he's the ninth pick. But I'm, I'm high on Blake Wesley. I watched him play against us when he torched us. Uh, listen, Blake Wesley has everything you look for in the guard, 6'5", long, smooth operator. Uh, definitely got a good good IQ when it turns to the ball in his hands. I like this pick a lot. Uh, Kyrie, talk to me, man, about the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it just seems like anytime we talk about the Spurs, we're just always referencing how well they draft and how well they also develop their players. Um, I really love the Jeremy Sohan pick. I, that's definitely a Spurs type pick to me. I mean, he, he when you look at his numbers in college, he didn't he, they're not eye popping, but he's a guy you have to you, he's a guy you have to watch, and he's a guy you, you have to where you you have to watch Baylor games game in and game out to kind of see what his impact is on the defensive end. And it's just being at six nine, almost six ten, with a uh, near. I, th- I want to say above a, a seven foot wingspan, and, he, and he's able to move across the perimeter and, and and contain a lot of guards. He's also able to to, to maintain his balance and maintain his his position against against bigs down low. Um, his offensive game isn't really there yet. He does his shot does need a little work, but he he's had games where he got hot from outside. He can, he's shown to be able to knock them down. Um, he also has got to work on his free throws too. He, I think when he puts all that together, he could definitely be a type, kind of like a Mikel Bridges type of player where you, you kind of, you let him feed off of cuts. You let him feed off of transition plays. You just let him do his dirty work on defense. You let him do his thing. You just let him go. Um, another guy I really liked that they got was Malachi Branham. Um, I honestly thought he was lottery. Malachi Branham reminds me so much of Chris Middleton and in a way Rip Hamilton as well. Um, just as his ability to create offense within the mid range, off of screens, off of pin downs, and his jump shot is just automatic from that range. He does have a good a good three point jumper too, but he really thrives in the mid range, and he's also shown some capability to create others. 
um when he does that too and i i really i'm really a buyer in his talent and his upside as an offensive player uh what i feel like his uh his wild card is on defense where he does have good length but he just doesn't have really good lateral quickness he tends to get he tends to give up on plays where guys uh get by him so uh, i just want to see him work on that and blake wesley i kind of have the same the same comparison good mid-range shooter um good scorer in transition um, he just got to work on his handle and his finishing ability. Overall, I want to give the Spurs. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, I, I give them a B plus. B plus, Johnny. What you think about the Spurs draft selection? Um, interesting, interesting. They're they they're showing a pattern here, from what I noticed, of contributing to perimeter defense with this. Uh, with Murray already on the team, they're picking up Jeremy from Baylor, who might be the all-around best defender in the draft. Um, I like Blake Wesley as well as far as defense. Um, he's a lightning-quick guard. Um, uh, he's a lightning-quick combo guard. I'm sorry. He can, he can play, make, and score clearly. But I, li- I like him. I, I like, I like, those, I like his, those athletic traits to be transferred to the defensive end, and I think he's with the right team for that. I think they'll um, get him caring about defense and he'll show showcase some defensive talent a little bit more low-key. The most intriguing pick to me, guys, was uh, Malachi Branham from the Buckeyes. Like uh, was mentioned before, he was picked to go not well, not too higher than 20. Like I mean, not too lower than 20, but maybe like a little bit lower than 20, but 6'5 wing. I like the Chris Middleton comparison. I was going to go rip. I was actually going to go rip. That was excellent for me because that's exactly who I picked as well. Um, especially with the movement, with the uh, off-ball movement that he does, that he did over with the Buckeyes. Um, the Spurs ended up they keep they ended up keeping that second round draft and they used it to select him. So they clearly saw something. He shot forty-two and a half percent, what from three, and had like a fifty-nine percent true shooting percentage on about thirteen points per game. But it's the shot, it's the shooting efficiency for me. Um, I think that's a good pick value for the Spurs. Um. Yeah, I think he'll provide them with some scoring, which what they clearly needed, especially when Murray hit the bench. All right. I think the Spurs, to me, once again, one of the best well-drafted organizations. Yeah, solid B, my fault, Colin. Solid B for me for the Spurs. Listen, I'm giving them a B plus. I like the draft selection. Lodge, swing it to you before we go to the last team of this Western Conference episode. I'll give him a B plus. The Spurs will for the Spurs I'll give him a B plus considering they got um Jeremy Sohan. I feel like that's a perfect piece for the Spurs. Um but just just to jump off and just run off to the, the Rockets. I I want I want to give them an A. I feel like Jabari Smith just to start off to me is just like a comparable like the more defensive or Charlotte Lewis type type player. Um, his upside is is great. He's a, a already a proven athlete. I don't feel like his body is too like frail. I mean, visually he might be, but I feel like he he's he's NBA ready to me. Um, and I, I, honestly, I'm just kind of shocked that it ended. Well, and I'm not shocked because to me, I thought Paulo Bencaro was number one like unanimous, but I I really would thought with Orlando was sold on Jabari and ended up falling all the way down to three instead of number one. It threw it, it, yeah. I like the A because the Rockets to me between them and another team in the Eastern Conference. I'll touch on that when we do that. But to me, so far, 
Rockets are is one B and the Eastern team is one A. I love what the Rockets did with this draft. You picked Jabari Smith, who everyone had him going number one. Everyone that was on every mock draft and the Magic decided to take Paolo. You Houston Rockets having Jabari Smith isn't bad at all. I still think he's the best prospect, maybe besides Chet. So Listen, Houston got this star franchise player right there. Him and Jaylee Green, ridiculous. Terry Eason from LSU, like another strike right there. Just a long defensive-minded guy. Uh, he overlaps positionally with uh, Jabari Smith, but I'm sure they could work that out. You know, they could put Jabari at the four, have him play at the three. Uh, they was able to get him at the 17. I love what he did at LSU. And then, man, we got to talk about Tata. He slid all the way down to 29th. Uh, I did have, I didn't expect Tata to slide all the way down. Once again, can't coach Cal's offense. Uh, definitely hindered. Uh, and he's going to be another Kentucky guard that, you know, because of Cal's Arctic offense gets overshadowed and boom, he explodes in the spotlight. Well, how do we, how do we let this kid slide all the way down? Uh, you got to look at coach Cal's offense. That's why. Uh, I just I feel like they're not too sold on Kevin Porter as a point guard, Kyrie, because that's why they picked Tata. And I, I'm really high on Tata. I feel like he wasn't able to show what he could do. Had he gone to a different school where he was the focal focus, he'd probably average 20 and give you eight assists and, and those type of numbers. That's the type of guy Tata is. And I feel like with him going to the Rockets, there's no pressure to become immediately great, even though they got the number three pick in Jabari Smith. No one expects him to do anything, you know, and it'll be good for his development to play alongside those guys. So I, I'm giving the Houston Rockets the A, A plus. That's me. Swing it to you, Kyrie. Um, yeah, the Houston Rockets did a great job. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hop on to what, what you were talking about with Kevin Porter Jr. I initially didn't see him as the point guard for the Rockets' future. But why, as I'm watching him over the season, yeah, they're fun to play. But Kevin Porter Jr., at certain times, you've, you've seen him taking strides as an overall playmaker. And I think getting a guy like Jabari Smith definitely helps him out because Jabari Smith can score from all three levels. He has one of the best jump shots in the uh, coming in from the draft. Um, 6'11", 6'10". You, you can find him as a as a rim runner in transition and as a, as a lob threat. And uh, he can create for himself. And I think he's a he's a weapon that Kevin Porter Jr. should use alongside with Jalen Green, um, Alperin Sangoon, Josh Christopher, guys like that, um, and just show off his playmaking ability. Because we know we know KBJ can score. We know he can get to a bucket. But I think the Rockets should try to shift him more to a position where he's still being aggressive offensively, but he's finding his guys and he's running his offense in an efficient manner. And I think that's where he'll find his higher, uh, find himself at a higher value. But yeah, I love the Jabari Smith pick. Um, I, I said it from the rip. I definitely felt like Paolo was the uh, overall best player in this draft. I didn't see why guys didn't have him going number one until the very last minute. But it did seem like it was bankable that Jabari uh, Smith was going uh, was going to uh, Orlando. So it was surprising to see him drop to Houston at number three. But I think they feed off of it. I think uh, picking up Tata Washington. I, I definitely think it is something there. When it comes to uh, when it comes to KPJ, I think it is kind of like a okay, you gotta you gotta kind of show me something. Where we got this other young guy here too that we know we know Tyson I can play, but I I just don't see 
like all star potential in him, Colin. That's all. Like I was trying to tell you this whole time, and that's the reason hey, why. Keep sleeping on him, man. Keep sleeping on him, man. Uh, I, I'm not sleeping on. Him. I'm just showing you what. I'm just telling you what I seen from him in high school, and that's not a knock against him. I mean, I'm not in high school. Sorry, in college, and it's not a knock against him. But he, but that's what I'm trying to say. He wasn't because he had to play with another guard. That's the same with Tyrese Maxey. I told people this. I'm more than glad he felt good to us. But I'm telling you, if he was running the point as he naturally made that made him a top five, uh, a five star recruit, top four point guard in his class, he's not sliding all the way down to 23. That's all I'm trying to tell people. So he's he'll be another Kentucky guard. Is like. Hey, How we miss this guy? Listen, bro, and if he and if he does and if he does do well, I'm rooting for him. If he does do well, I'm happy for him. Hey, it is what it is. I'm just telling you what I saw though from what I was watching from what I've watched this past season. But to move on to the uh to the other pick, another one of my favorite players in this draft, Tari Eason. Um he led LSU was scoring off the bench. I mean, the guy won six men of the year and was one of the best players in the country. And so talk about playing your role. I think he's going to do the same thing here in Houston. You're talking about playing with guys that can pass the rock, like uh, like KPJ, like Alperen Sengun, who, who who does well with passing with other bigs. And there's also talks that Kevin Martin, uh, Kenyon Martin Jr., excuse me, is looking for a trade, unfortunately, because I really like how we fit in there. But he's looking for a trade, and I feel like Tari Eason is the guy that they're going to fill right in because he does a lot of the things. He can get above the rim. He can get out of transition and actually has some handle. He does need a left hand. The guy, the man doesn't have a left hand, but he has a hell of a right. And, uh, he, he, when he, when he puts his head down and he gets to the, and he, he, he goes to the basket, he's, he's hard to stop. And, uh, I, I really think he's, he's one of the hidden gems in this class. I really like what the Rockets did. I think they, uh, I think they definitely get an A. All right. Okay. Uh, Johnny, last but not least, let's end it off with you, man. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, first of all, A for the Rockets. Absolutely. Um, I'm not gonna lie, Colin. Um, I see what you're saying with Ty Ty Washington. Um, uh, his numbers, um, low key stand out. He's ranked second on the team last year, and and I think he ranked second on the team. Yeah, in scoring, assists, and steals. Now he only averaged like twelve and a half points for four dimes and like four boards, but he was the only freshman in the country to like average like over 13, 13 plus points or 12 plus points while at the same time shooting 45% from the floor and 35% or more from three point range. So his efficiency, I think is underrated. Um, I really, I think he has a low key upside. I don't know why he slipped this late as well, but that is a great pick by the Rockets. Um, low key Tyree Easton. Um, I like him. Um, as far as defense is my favorite thing about him. I think he has very good defense and he can play multiple positions and he'll be able to uh, space the floor. Um, I like he, – he, he was considered one of, the, one of the best defensive prospects, like one of the best, like top five or whatever coming into the draft. And he's got some playmaking upside on shooting as well. Shooting upside, playmaking upside as well. I like that pick. But my favorite, obviously, is Jabari Smith out of Auburn. I, I, it was a shock to me that he did come to three. Um, he was – he came – he was NBA ready on both ends of the floor. Um, and honestly, he was a com- more complete three-point shooter than uh, Pablo was, and that's and I'm thinking that's why I'm thinking he's going over him. Like he hit the most threes, he he hit the most three-point field goals of any college player listed as six ten or above in the last twenty-five years. That's an ESPN stat, and that that was very impressive to me. I said, "Whoa!" 
I had to mention that. I was like, yo, this <laughs> like this kid, I was surprised that he did go to three. Um, he'll play inside a little bit, but this kid is a knockdown shooter. And I think he'll get more time than Pablo because Orlando, they got a lot of young talent. And I think he'll I think his playing but time he, will be more than Pablo's the number one pick, so I because they, they're gonna move some pieces. I mean what, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, I, I like Cole Anthony. I I mean, I see more time playing time for I, um for Jabari. I genuinely feel like the Magic is still holding on to some expectation that Fultz is kind of resembles at least half of what he was in college. Mm-hmm. But they got Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony as backups of Fultz, you know, okay. quote-unquote bust. But I think Paolo, he's the number one pick. You you, you got to play. As far as minutes, you think he'll get he'll get fed, basically? Like, yeah, all right, that's, that's true. Yeah, they're going yeah. to move some players. Yeah, I see. They're going to move some players. They're going to probably move Obama. Uh, probably see what they could get for him, or I think he's a restricted free agent, or no, he still has uh, a year on his contract. I think he's a free agent. I, I, I believe it. Is he a free agent? Kyrie is he a free agent? I believe he's a free, not a restricted free agent, but or or, or is that a, a different year? Who y'all talking about? Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. I, I I don't I can't remember if it's restricted or or unrestricted. Well, but they're gonna be looking to move some pieces, so they they got to make some way for the number one pick of the draft. But all right, that concludes episode sixty five of the Restricted Zone podcast. Give a big shout out to uh, my fellow calls, Kyrie, Johnny, and Lodge. Appreciate you guys for coming on this NBA draft episode. Uh, I really, we definitely appreciate the fans that tune in to us every episode. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we would, uh, enjoyed recording it. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, at Restricted Zone Pod. Yes, this platform is, uh, is on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, whatever, whether you're Apple or Android, and it is free, not a cent, not a penny. So enjoy the episode. Thanks a lot for tuning in and have a blessed day, everybody.